0: As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there and with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. Well, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Israel, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Verse six says the two disciples did as Jesus commanded. And they brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt. And he sat on it. And most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And Jesus was in the center of the procession. And the people all around him were shouting, praise God. For the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar or was stirred up, as it literally says, as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Verse 12. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you turned it into a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The leading priests and teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, do you hear what those children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied, haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. And then he returned to Bethany, huh, where he stayed the night. Jesus is here. Let's be seated. One way you know Jesus is the Son of God and, and, and cl- held that claim to be the Son of God is he never declined praise. In scripture, whenever you see... Uh, Someone begin to praise either an angel or a person, that person or that angel says, don't worship me, worship only God. Jesus never turns away praise because he's God in, in the flesh. He never turns that away. Amazing things are happening in this passage. I love this passage. I would love to have been there for all these events. And we could talk about, you know, we come to Palm Sunday and, and what do we do with a familiar passage? We could talk about the obedience of the disciples who did what Jesus said to do, even though it was kind of an awkward and potentially embarrassing assignment. But they did it. We'd say, well, in the same way, we're to obey Jesus when he calls to us. Or or we could wonder, we could spend some time wondering, why would Jesus need those donkeys at all? Why would he need? Jesus didn't have any needs. And yet, and here we we see that, that Jesus relied on people to do his will, and we'd apply that by saying, what do you have that Jesus is asking for? Or, or maybe we could talk about the way Jesus fulfilled ancient prophecy. You know, that hundreds of years earlier, the prophet Zechariah and the psalmist predicted exactly these events as they happened. And, and then that we'd say fulfilled prophecies are one of the ways that we know Jesus is reliable, that the scripture is true, and we can count on it and depend on it and not be embarrassed by it. We, we could talk about all those things because we'd say that gives us confidence in our faith. Now, I'd love to talk about the way Jesus enters Jerusalem and goes straight to the temple. No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Man, he is on a tear. I love this. I I, I think that is one thing. If, if God does replays in heaven, like if he has a screen with replays, I want to see that. I'll replay it. Because it's just amazing. And and we, if we're looking at that, we'd say that we too should not be afraid to confront religious and cultural abuses and challenge corrupt systems that keep people from getting the help that they need. We could talk about all those things, but here today, I am just really taken by the contrast between what people expected Jesus would be and what Jesus delivered. They expected something realistic. Jesus did something Unrealistic. And we, we don't think much about expectations, I think, in a day, kind of day-to-day basis. You know, what are you expecting? But I wonder, like, what did you expect would happen today? You, you probably did not expect these guys to sing for you. Right? I don't know what you expected this morning. Did you, did you come with an expectation to hear from God? Did you come just with an expectation to catch up with friends you haven't seen all week? Did, did you, did you come with an expectation of some inspiration for your week to come? Did you, did you come with a, a broken heart today and you're coming to find some healing? What did you, what expectation did you come with today? Maybe, maybe you, maybe you didn't have any expectations. Maybe you said, I will keep my expectations low. So I won't be disappointed. Ever done that? Ever done that? We, uh, my, my sons and I tried a, a, a new restaurant, uh, this week that had been recommended to us and my expectations, I gotta be honest, were like here. This place is gonna be amazing and, uh, it's a little overpriced and not that great. I'm like, huh, I'm not going back there. If I had gone in with like, I have zero expectations, I might go back. But my expectations let me down what about your expectations of a relationship with Jesus I mean it's fair to say that the the crowd that welcomed Jesus had high expectations Hosanna they shouted it's a it's kind of a one of these words that has a lot of meanings to it but it, it means along the lines of praise God the Lord saves and they shouted that and it's out of the psalms and we understand that but But Jesus saves. But what does Jesus save from? What did they expect? Saving from a brutal government regime? Saving from corrupt tax collectors? Saving from financial stress and and racial tension that that they were under? I mean, they didn't even really know who Jesus was because verse 11 says that when they were asked, they said, well, he's the prophet from Nazareth. That's it? that's That's what you thought? He's just the prophet? I would ask this question today. If you're taking notes... Something to ponder for the week to come? you got an outline in your program? It's this. What are your expectations? What are your expectations? Many of the people lining that Jerusalem road, right? Laying down their coats. Ever think about that? Some some of you guys wore a suit jacket today. What would you... Not one of you laid your coat down for me to kind of walk up onto the stage this morning. (laughs) I'm a little disappointed. Normally that happens most weeks. (laughs) Right? Would you do that? Would you, you? You see in the movies, like the real chivalrous guy. He lays down her, his coat so she can walk across the muddy spot. I'm like, oh, it just feels so good. You know, like, what were their, you know, expectations? They, they, they cut palm branches down from the trees and, and laid those down and probably waved them. And you know, they were expecting a savior for their nation. They were an occupied uh, area, occupied nation by the, by the Roman Empire. And uh, it, and they wanted deliverance from that. Some of you feel that way every four years. Every four years, you're just like, November. I just got to hold on to November. We're going to get a new president or new whatever. And then this time it's going to be different. Right? And then we go another trillion dollars in debt. Like, what are you thinking? No politician can ever save you. No politician, no elected leader, no candidate can deliver you from evil. Maybe your expectations of Jesus, like I said before, are so low that you have no real desire to get to know him or to live for him because you've decided that Jesus doesn't care and you're not even sure if he's real. Some of you guys shared. Kurt, you share this story of just kind of that anger that overwhelmed your life and you, you, you chucked away what you had because you, of that anger that you had an expectation of how Jesus should do this. Great, thanks for so much for sharing that. No one likes to be disappointed, right? I mean, think about Christmas, especially as a kid, you you really hoped for, you begged, some of you went through the Sears catalog and you looked and you found that thing, you really wanted this thing and that's what that was exactly, for younger people, there was a time when <laughs> the internet was a book with colored pages and everything you wanted on there was in print. It was like Amazon, but on a page. Right? And then you got it, and what happened? It broke, or it didn't work, or it let you down, or your brother or sister took it, and it's like, ah! Right? Or, you, or maybe you, you bought a new car, and you thought, this new car is just going to be the bomb. It's going to smell like a new car smells. It's going to be so smooth and perfect. And you drive it for a few months, you're like, well, this is just a car. Right? Or, Or maybe you married... Uh, the guy or the gal that you knew would just make you happy forever, and then you found out that they weren't exactly Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. So maybe that's why we draw back and keep our expectations low. Sometimes we project our expectations on other people, right? As the people did to Jesus. We, 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 we want the employer, we expect our employer to be more generous, give raises more often, right? Or, or we, we thought our parents should should apologize to us for the things they did. You thought your pastor should be, you know, more witty and charming. Um, you want your kids to be more grateful for all the things you've done for them. You have these these projections we we project onto other people, and because those people let us down, then we 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 it gets us down. We let it kind of drag us down, and maybe we're guilty then of somehow expecting other people to meet our needs. Instead of turning to Jesus, what what if what if we've got it all wrong? Especially when it comes to our expectations of Jesus, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, what if we've got this wrong? What if instead of expecting Jesus to do something for us or 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 be something for us, what if He's just simply inviting us to know Him personally? One of you guys, I can't remember which one of us now talked about that turning point when you gave your life, David. Maybe it was you when. You gave your life to Jesus Christ. You, you knew about him, but it wasn't until you gave your life to Jesus Christ personally and began that relationship when things began to change. What if what if we misunderstood this? Let, let me show you five little slides here about, about the expectations of Jesus versus the reality. So the religious expectation is the Messiah is going to be a king. He's going to lead. He's going to take command. He's going to take charge. He's going to have armies. The great reality is that the Messiah comes as a servant. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I mean to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Maybe, maybe um, you think about this. The religious expectation is that the Messiah should come on a on a grand horse, a mighty steed, just bump, 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 bump you know, and, and horns blaring and so on. And what does Jesus do? The grace reality is Jesus comes in on a donkey, it's a dumb old donkey, just riding up the path, right. Or, or this. The religious expectation is that when you get your Messiah, He's gonna prove, see, we're right. Our group is right. Our, our group is right. Our race, our preference, our denomination, our whatever. We have it all together. We've got the right answers. And the grace of reality is that Jesus just comes to prove we're sinners in need of grace. What a contrast. The, the religious expectation was that the Messiah would, would arrive in a, in a, What's my next one? They arrive in a solemn ceremony. Just like grand and proper, right? Instead, the grace reality is that Jesus arrives with shouts and noisy children and spontaneous worship and it's, it's crazy and it's kind of chaotic. We think, well that doesn't seem to suit the Messiah. Maybe we have this expectation, a religious expectation, that the Messiah would arrive and be honored by dignitaries. That the good people would come and say, we're so glad you've come to our city and we so thank you for being here. Instead, his arrival is honored by the blind and the lame and noisy kids. You see what it what it said there at the end of the passage when he's in the temple? It says, uh, the blind, verse 14, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Priests and teachers of religious law saw this. They saw these wonderful miracles. And they heard the temple. and, and, And they were upset by that. Just think about this. You see something wonderful happen. And it makes you mad. What kind of people. I mean that's what religion will do to you. The reality is Jesus is there. And that the children are shouting praise to him. And they're upset by that. Huh. The result is that the religious people, of all these things, the religious people are angry, they're annoyed, they're upset, and the hurting people are healed, and they're happy, and they're helped, their needs are ministered to. And if you're already a believer, or you're thinking about becoming a believer, I want to ask this question, what's been your expectation of Jesus, of being a Christian, whether it's been you know two weeks or many decades what 's been your expectation of life in the faith community in the church has it been has, has your expectation been all about well how to act how to behave uh, how to dress how to sing those, those are those are the realistic expectations and they 're misguided expectations Has it rather been about knowing Jesus my expectation is Jesus, I want to know you. Praising spontaneously. Finding healing and hope. Those are good. And honestly, somewhat unrealistic expectations, and that's what we're invited to. If you're not sure where you stand on that, how to discern, well, yeah, what have I been expecting? Let me ask it another way. What are you excited about? I mean, when it comes to life and following Jesus, what are you excited about? Because if you, if you read on, Beyond this entry into Jerusalem, you're gonna to start to see a kind of a new Jesus. He takes on kind of a much more kind of stern approach in his, in his teaching. It's his final week on earth. His parables are direct and forceful. He, you know, this clearing of the temple is certainly a, a you know, a serious move against abuses and corruption in the temple system. Let me just explain that very briefly. That, If you came from out of town, you came to Jerusalem, you had to make certain sacrifices and you had to pay the temple tax, but you had to pay the temple tax in the temple currency. And so how are you going to do that? You got to go to a money changer. Well, that is a perfect opportunity to scoop a little extra. So the monies are gouging you for unreal, you know, just ridiculous rates of of currency exchange and then say, oh, oh, you didn't bring your own doves. Well, you know, doves are on sale today for triple the price. You could have got them back home. And Jesus says, enough. Not to mention they were probably in the courtyard of the Gentiles and the women, which meant that the people who wanted to get close couldn't because all this enterprise was going on. And so those activities were actually keeping people from worship, keeping people from getting close to God. And Jesus says, enough. This house is to be a house of prayer. And you've turned it into a den of thieves. You guys are robbing the people blind with your stupid corrupt systems. And Jesus was taking charge. He's demonstrating that temple of his domain. He quotes scriptures, This is my temple, my house. Stop this. What are you excited about? Jesus was excited about prayer. Right? Prayer is just simply a, a relationship with God. He was excited about healing. He was excited about worship. He was excited about the very broken and worthless members of that society finding worth and wholeness. That's what excited Jesus. And when it comes to life in the faith community, the church, God's people, what are you excited about? Is it about is it the things that Jesus was excited about? Are you excited about the gospel that Jesus saves? The message that we can be rescued from our sin rescued from our worthless attempts at self-righteousness. Does that excite you? Are you excited about the fact that Jesus went to the cross in your place, that the wages of sin or death, but the free gift of God is eternal life? Does that excite you? Does that interest you at all? Are you excited that anyone who comes to Jesus can be saved? I, 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 I want spiritually lost people to find Jesus and find healing and find hope. And I want to hear kids and adults praising Jesus. And I get excited about Hurting people, finding help, had an, just a, some really neat stories. He, there was, I think, nine of us that went out in a neighborhood distribution yesterday, d- delivering flyers. And as we went, we offered to pray with people, and it was so great. And there was some really key moments. One one guy I went to, and it just so happened he, he had just he just pulled up in front of his house as I was there to drop a flyer, and and I said, "Hey, and I'm from Bethany Church." Oh yeah, and, I've been thinking I should go to church, and. Hey, well, you know, here's a flyer, and here's a little gift for you, and and anything we can pray for you about. He says, actually, my my dad just died. I I could I could really use prayer. And then he said, but I just came home because my alarm's going off, and I got to run inside take care of the alarm. I said, okay, well, we would be here praying for you. So we walk away, and we did. Others had other stories. It's just wild. What are you excited about when we gather? Is it about outward appearances? Or is it about trivial details about which Bible translation to use? You, you know, what, what are you excited about when it comes to following Jesus? We, I felt, also felt a little convicted yesterday as I was introduced, and I met another guy in his yard, invited him to church, gave him a flyer and stuff, and then I saw he had a car in his garage that kind of interested me. I said, oh. And we pretty excitedly talked about his car, and I'm like, I walked away The thought, man, I was more excited about his car than I was about Jesus. What's up with that? Right? Bottom line, what's your expectation of Jesus Today. Is it something that makes sense? A realistic expectation? You know, like the crowds expecting the triumph of their favorite new prophet? Or is it unrealistic? That Jesus, the Son of God, wants you to know Him personally. That, that, that He wants to care for the ones that don't matter to society. That that He loves the blind and the lame. And the children, and the noisy ones, and the ones shouting and bringing praise—that's what Jesus is excited about. What's your expectation of Jesus? We're entering what's called Passion Week. It's celebrating the final week of Jesus' life on Earth. And as the end of this week, I just my challenge for you today is just to ponder your expectations of Jesus in your life, of the gospel, of your of your connection to the community of God's people, what we call the church. Maybe it's time to have some unrealistic expectations of Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus personally, maybe today's your day where you would say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I receive all your forgiveness and I turn and I'm going to follow you, be the Lord of my life. You could do that today. You can have the expectation that he will save. It says, anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. I want you to pray with me. Let's bow. God we are I'm really thankful for this episode that this was preserved for us in your gospels that that we get to see just just how passionate Jesus you were for your for your people for salvation for wholeness Lord people misunderstood they didn't even really know what they were celebrating but you were you received and welcomed their praise anyway God we want to be people who are quick to praise we want to be people who are Who are quick to, to follow you, quick to worship, quick to welcome those who, who maybe don't fit, quick to welcome those who others would reject. God, would you make us those kind of people? We thank you for what you're doing here. And church, as you, it's just going to leave you this last thought. As you head into this week, I want you to just be chewing on this. What are my expectations of Jesus? And if you don't know Jesus personally, today would be the day you could pray a simple prayer. You just say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you that you died on the cross. Thank you that you rose again. I choose to follow you as the Lord of my life for all my days. Amen. Amen.